0: Welcome back friends, Last Guy here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby Right Back At ya. A main throughline to the podcast will be the Kirby Right Back At ya anime, as it has 100 episodes, but in time we'll be going over every single Kirby game, and other things like eventually the Kirby Cafe, a bunch of stuff like that, that'll be really fun to dive into at some point in the future. And since we're going to be here for a couple years, it's going to be uh, real fun checking all those things out. You can also follow us on at Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter, where we will have occasional tweets about the podcast and update whenever new episodes come out. It'll mainly follow Kirby fan artists and stuff like that and retweet their art whenever not talking about just, well, Kirby Dreamcast. Now, first up, I gotta tell you about Kevin Kolak's AMA on the Kirby subreddit. He's the voice actor of uh, Takori, and he recently did AMA, and his answers were very interesting. We'll have a link below in the YouTube version of this podcast so that you can see it. Uh, there is also, I don't know if Podbean has space for it, but if there is, we can put the link there as well. So, in episode 2, I described Takori, but never mentioned the voice actor. Kevin Kolak is the voice actor of Takori, and he's done a bit of voice acting. He's mostly more on stage and TV, but he has done some voice work as well. And he's just done a lot of everything. But as far as anime goes, he's only been the voice of Takori and could be right back at you. He's the voice of Bond Clay in One Piece, Karen Pepper in One Piece as well, and Vincent in Pokemon. Besides that, he's just done a lot of other things, and he's actually gotten awards for physical acting. But for the anime itself, you can read a bunch of stuff yourself, but here's the big ones I want to mention here. From the information he gave, Japan picked the voices. That's right. Foghorn Leghorn King Dedede was chosen by Japan. Ornery Bird Takori was chosen by Japan. Mexican Meta Knight? Japan. Everything was picked by Japan. I cannot believe it. I I did not know. I thought it was just four kids who decided this. Nope. Japan decided all this. That's so crazy. So, all these voice actors auditioned, and they made multiple voices, and they sent them to Japan, and whoever's in charge at Japan, they chose these voices. Kevin mentioned that Takori was the seventh option he gave, so he's like, I wonder what would happen if I only gave them six. What would happen there? Uh thing is, he loved playing Takori. He really loved that. Uh thing he mentioned is, the voice actors, they never ran into each other. So, when it comes to work, usually, yeah, you're not going to, unless it's a special thing where they got to bounce off each other, but usually... Uh, you just do your lines, and in this one, you didn't actually get scripts in it, which is interesting. So, he was just given his lines for multiple episodes. So, he's just going down, to like, maybe episode, like, one through eight or something. He's doing all the lines in that one session, that's it. So, he's relying heavily on his voice director to just tell him what the context is, so he understands what he should be saying there. And considering who the voice director was, which was... Andrew Rinalis. Andrew Rinalis is a big award-winning guy on Bravo. He's he's got a bunch of awards. He's a great voice director. Apparently, he's just got everyone loves this guy. So they had a great voice director for Kirby right back at you, and because of that, they just delivered some great lines. And I really, yeah, they do some good stuff in this show so far. So another thing is there is an outtakes a tape somewhere apparently, and it's just him swearing at Kirby and being really mean as to Corey. It's just. How he got in the character was just him cursing at Kirby, which is funny, but also what the heck. And apparently his, uh, his line for him to get in the character was, dang it, Kirby. That's something that happens with voice actors. They'll have like a line or something that helps them get back to a character that they've done and just get in the character. It's, it's something actors do. Uh, Some mention is they did a lot of effort to match lip flaps, which is good. Like not a lot of shows try to do that. So never paid attention, but oh, that's cool. That's a cool little detail right there. And there's just a lot of other details, like uh, how he got into voice acting, how other people could get into voice acting these days, about physical acting and other things. Oh, one more interesting thing to talk about is himself, and that is, he has a PhD in chemistry, and sometimes he's a college professor in chemistry, that's pretty cool. Also, he was a firefighter, and he was a medic, and he was a first responder during 9-11, so dudes had quite a life, so crazy right there, and he was the voice of (laughs) Tagori. So alright, let's get into uh, today's episode, and this going to be episode 12. I'm going to give it a Japanese title first, that is Ghost of DDD Castle. I'll give it the English title later, because it's a bit of a spoil to what happens in this episode, and usually Japanese titles are spoilers, this time it's the English one. And I like that if you actually don't see the episodes, and I'm explaining explain the whole thing to you, you get the surprise from the episode, not from the title. So that's how it's going to go, I'll tell you the title later. And there's going to be quite a few interesting differences between Japanese and American versions, and I'll mention those as well, and uh, yeah. Let's get going. The episode starts with Escargoon showing King Dedede a camera. And apparently King has never seen one before. And he's like, okay, pose and we can take the shot in 60 seconds. It'll develop and you'll have a picture. And King Dedede's like, oh, that'd be cool. Have like a portrait, maybe a stamp or something like that. And so he poses, Escargoon takes the shot. And then as it's developing, we see King Dedede and Escargoon looking at the picture. And Escargoon starts freaking out. And then we see why. In the picture is King Dedede and a g-g-g-ghost. There's a ghost in the shot. So both are freaked out, and Escargoon thinks, maybe it's a dead cabbie that King Dedede wronged. Which, when you think about it, there'd be an army of them if that was the case. <laughs> but King Dedede laughs it off and throws the picture off the ramparts and walks off. And we get a good close-up of the picture, and it's King Dedede and a ghost in the corner. And it's just straight up looking at the camera. Then we see King Dedede on his throne, and he's shaking and he's freaking out. So that's how it starts out. And then there's, the, of course, the awesome opener, and after that... Uh, it starts, but real quick before that, the Japanese version. Before all this starts, before we Escar- see Escargoon and King Dedede, there's a blood moon in the sky. That got cut out, I guess, because, well, it's a blood moon. Maybe a little too ominous for the kids. But that got cut out, and also, it's not that Escargoon got a camera. He made it himself. So that's something the US version downplays a lot, and that is that Escargoon does a lot of inventing, and he makes a lot of the things they use and we'll see him make something in the next episode, and some other episodes, they will be doing things with Escargoon's inventions, but it's something I've noticed is they downplay that he makes things, and the Japanese version it's up front, They're like, yeah, he made this, he made that, he made all these other things. So Escargoon is kind of brilliant, he's just a sniveling uh, second-hand guy, but he actually has some smarts to him, so well, that's interesting. So after the opener, we see Capitown, and it's still that night, and there's fog everywhere, so it's a real, just creepy fog shot, and we see that King Didi is at the fortune teller, and she tells him that, yeah, there's a ghost roaming his castle tonight, and it's seeking revenge, and it's going to come for him. And so, like, oh, that's, that's great to hear. And then we got King Diddy going on the drive home with Escargoon, and Escargoon asks, well, how'd the fortune go? And he's like, well, I got a ghost in my tail. And Escargoon's like, well, I didn't even know you had a tail. And then King Diddy says, well, I guess I don't stand a ghost of a chance now. And by the way, considering four kids, they use that line a lot. Uh, like you see with Yu-Gi-Oh!, when there's like a ghost thing going on there. They use the line, ghost of a chance, like four or five times in one episode. Four Kids does not show restraint usually with dumb jokes like that. In this episode, that's the only time we get that joke. And so, I must applaud Four Kids for showing restraint. But after he delivers that line, Ted Lewis, bless him, gives the best nervous laugh. Well, I guess I don't stand a ghost of a chance now. (laughs) Like, he just nervously laughs with King Dedede and is like, oh, that's a really good nervous laugh. It's just well delivered in my opinion. I like it a lot. And King Dedede hasn't fully accepted it yet, though. He doesn't want to believe there's a ghost chasing him. But at the same time, he's just really nervous about it. Like, it's, a, it's a thing that I think is just also human nature, where you find out about something bad, and you just don't want to believe it until you're forced to believe it. And so that's what's going on with King Dedede. He's just like, Ugh. he really hopes that they're wrong. And he actually thinks, like, maybe there's a mistake. Maybe there's a logical explication, like he, with his weird words. But then Eskergan reminds him, No, there was a ghost in that picture, and he's like, yeah, pictures don't lie. And then they cross their bridge into the castle, and the drawbridge draws up early, and it almost kills them. Like, they they fall forward into the castle, and they crash the tank into the castle face-first, and themselves as well, and almost get killed that way. And they're like, well, the drawbridge shouldn't be doing that, And, and they look over at the drawbridge like, what the heck? And then they look in another direction. And the castle's just dark. It's foggy and everything. It's really creepy. And then they see a sphere flicker in the distance, and they're just freaking out. And they're shaking. And then we see what the sphere is, because out of the shadow comes Waddle Do! Yeah, he's there, and he's relieved to see that they're okay. But he gets yelled at over the drawbridge, and he's like, he's not sure what happened. The drawbridge moved like it had a mind of its own. He doesn't know why it, why it did that, what it did. And this guy starts yelling at him, saying it's probably your fault. You probably forgot your contact lens, which I think is funny that Waddle has a conduct lens. That's pretty fun to me. But while he's yelling at him, King Diddy is looking around and then he sees the ghost again and freaks out and starts cowering in fear. And the other two are like, huh? They don't see anything. And then the ghost is gone. So King Diddy is already just having a really bad night. Like he keeps freaking out, he keeps getting scared. And at the moment, it's mostly just been around him and no one else has really seen it besides these, this occurrence with the drawbridge and stuff. So that's not going too well for him. But once they get into the castle, they run into Sir Ibram, Lady Like, and Tiff, and they all are very agitated. And they're like, well, why? And the reason is, they all saw a ghost. First, it's Tiff. Tiff tells them that she heard footsteps behind her, and then a, a ghost flew at her. Then we hear Lady Like retell her story. Like, the doors of the balcony opened up while she was watching TV. She goes to close them, and then she sees a ghost. And she closes the doors, and then the ghost is right in front of her. And she puts the covers over the door, and then she turns around, and the ghost is in front of her face. So, the ghost is terrorizing people in the castle as well. But then there's Cerebrums. And Cerebrum's like, Well, I was in the dungeon and I was checking supplies. Now, of course, because this is censorship here, he was in the wine cellar checking the wine. But the thing is, it kind of works out because next to the wine cellar is actually a prison cell with a skeleton in it. So, yeah, it works out saying it's a dungeon instead. And there, he's just checking wine bottles, and then a bunch of wine bottles start floating around, and then the ghost shows up and he freaks out, and then the bottles get broken he's like what the heck so all three have been terrorized by a ghost and then cerebrum makes a joke which is uh well i just think it's great because cerebrum just has some of the best lines honestly when it comes to these dumb jokes and he says uh it looks like there was a spirit among the spirits which is just oh my god by the way if you're a younger audience a spirit is another word for a type of alcohol so that's why he says spirit among the spirits also the skeleton we see in the cell He's actually confirmed in another episode to actually be a fake plastic skeleton that they just have there to make the castle look scarier down there. So that's all that is. So that's kind of funny. I like the little bits of what the world is in these episodes. They're like, that's kind of silly. And there's so much silliness. And just interesting world building if you pay attention to it. So now at this point, multiple people have seen the ghost. But still, King Dedede doesn't want to believe there's a ghost haunting him. Instead, he accuses the family of wanting him gone so they can take over the castle. But Sir Ibram's like, no, I wouldn't want that. But Lady Like, though, says, if they did leave, she'd like if they took Escargoon with them. Because, of course. And then Midnight shows up, Mexican guitar as always. And he accuses King deity of being responsible. Of course, Midnight isn't wrong to make this accusation. But this time, he is wrong to make this accusation. And too bad about that. And Tiff's like, it must be a monster, isn't it? And Sir Ibram actually gets really serious. He's like, this is another plot against Kirby. And he looks... Like, very much done with King Dedede's crap about Kirby right now, which is very interesting. And King Dedede's nervous, because, no, he's not summoning a monster, so what's going on? He's really extra freaked out. But in the end, he finally cracks about the ghost, and he's like, it's, it's gotta be after him. So he goes to Nightmare Enterprises to summon a monster that can deal with ghosts, but they won't give him one, because he still hasn't paid off his debts for the, all the other monsters in the past. He's like, well, come on, this emergency. They're like, well, too bad, my hands are tied, you haven't paid us, so, nope. And then the castle lights flicker. And King Dedede is freaking out about that. He's like, what the, what, what's going on? And he runs into the halls, and then he hears footsteps. And then he remembers what Tiff said about hearing footsteps before the ghost showed up. So he's even more freaked out. and He just still doesn't want to believe it, but he's still scared. And he's like, all those ghost stories are a bunch of booloney. I love these dumb jokes. And so he starts walking backwards for some reason, and then he bumps into Escargoon, and he gets freaked out. And so does Escargoon get freaked out. And just... There's just so much of just King Diddy getting scared all over the place in this episode. So King Diddy wants Escargoon to hang out with him so that they can look for the ghost or just not have a ghost come after them. But Escargoon's like, I'd love to help, but I'm afraid I'm too afraid it. And he runs into his room. King Diddy chases after him. He doesn't get there in time and the door gets locked in front of his face. And what's funny is es- uh, King Diddy is knocking on the door to get Escargoon to come out, but he won't come out. And Escargoon actually says, he's not here. <laughs> He's like, come on, Escargoon's like, he's not here. And then, then King D is like, all right, fine, and leaves. In the Japanese version, there's no dialogue. King D just bangs on the door and then just leaves. I really like this insert here. I think it's pretty fun to have it just be Escargoon saying he's not here. It just, it just feels better to me. So King D goes to his room, gets a drink of water, and puts on his PJs. He figures he'll just sleep off this nightmare and he'll be all right. But he can't sleep. He's hearing voices in the night, and then he's hearing noises outside. And then he can hear his own heartbeat just bump, 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 bump. <laughs> it's, things are just going really bad for King DDD. I'm actually curious how this all works out for a kid watching it. Like, is the kid getting scared? Or is the kid enjoying King DDD getting scared? I'm really curious about that. But that's what's happening. So King D is like, okay, I can't sleep. I'm too freaked out. So he gets out of his bed, he starts putting on rock music, starts moving around, trying to wear himself out. And then the power goes out, and a storm breaks, and there's lightning striking. And he's like, okay, that's, that's not good. He's getting scared. And then a grandfather clock starts bonging. And then it's just, the time's just going crazy. And he's like, oh crap, oh god. And then he gets his hammer and, and goes to investigate. Slowly moving closer and closer to the clock. And once he gets close to the clock, lightning strikes right behind him. And it pops open the windows. And King D just freaks out some more and drops his hammer. He looks out the window and bats fly in. They, sca- they scare him some more. And then the bats leave. These look a lot like the baddies from Kirby's Dream Land, by the way. I'm pretty sure that's what they're supposed to be. So after all of that happens with the bats and everything and Kingdys just freaked out, the windows close on their own. And then they pop open again and he freaks him out again. So he keeps getting scared. Instance after instance after instance, it just keeps happening. So in the course of one night already so far, if I did my count correctly, he's been scared and freaked out 13 times. Like he's just like, he's getting jump scared over and over and over again. And it's working, it's working his ticker pretty good right there. We keep hearing his heartbeat in the episode. And it's just not going well for him. And we're only halfway through. So King Didi jumps back into his bed and wishing his mommy was there. (laughs) But then he gets up because he needs the bathroom. He had too much water. But he doesn't want to go to the bathroom alone. He remembers that a lady like got attacked. And he doesn't want to get attacked himself. So he gets dressed up. And we see him rush to Escargoon's door. And break it down with his hammer. And then there's Escargoon there just scared. And he's just really scared because King Didi is there. And King Didi grabs him and he pulls him. And Escargoon doesn't want to go. He grabs a table, but he's not strong enough to withstand King Dedede's strength and gets pulled away. So now it's Escargoon and King Dedede. And this part's pretty funny. Escargoon's like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm just a snail. I'm a scared snail. What do you want me to do? So King Dedede grabs him and puts him in front of him, and they run towards uh, wherever the bathroom is down the hallway. And Escargoon's like, I'm more of a bench warmer, not a blocker. And then they're going really fast, and he says, I'm a snail. I'm not built for speed. I, I love all these dumb little jokes. And eventually, they get to the bathroom, and, es- and King Diddy pushes Escargoon through the bathroom door. And they just don't break the door down, but they uh, open it up really hard. And he just drops Escargoon and goes into the bathroom stall. A funny little thing is, on the door to the bathroom stalls is a picture of a penguin sitting on a toilet. So after he's done doing his business, he goes to wash his hands, which is just a good thing to see. It's good to see characters be clean. <laughs> and then he notices Escargoon's not in the bathroom. He opens up the other bathroom stalls. so Escargoon's not there. So now he's getting scared again. And then we hear Escargoon moaning. That's not a good sound. That's never going to be a good sound. King Dedede runs out into the hallway, and then we hear multiple ghosts. And out appears a round ghost, and behind it appear two more smaller round ghosts, but one has bumps on the top of its head. King Dedede screams and runs away, and these three new ghosts start chasing him. Now here's the thing to keep in mind. Uh, these are a new three ghosts. Before this, the first half of this episode have been one ghost doing all the scaring, and now we see some new ones show up. They chase King Dedede for a while, he screams even more, and we get this interesting zoomed-out shot of the castle grounds, and we see a Waddle Dee looking around confused and hearing King Dedede scream. It's just interesting to see that he does have Waddles with spears guarding his castle, so he does have a guard set up and everything. That's more world-building kind of thing right there. That's pretty cool to see. We cut back, and we see King Dedede's gone, and then there's the ghosts. And then Tuff shows up and pulls their sheets off. It's Kirby with Falala and Falalo, and they're hunting King Dedede. Like, I mentioned there was a a smaller round ghost with bumps on their head, and that's Falala's ribbon right there. (laughs) So the four of them look happy with themselves, especially Kirby. He looks extra happy. By the way, this entire episode, every single frame of Kirby is Kirby with just immense joy on his face. And it is incredibly cute. Like, Kirby has so much fun in this episode. By the way, wow, we didn't see Kirby until the 14-minute mark of this episode. That's interesting to not see Kirby for so long. So we have three groups right now. We've got the kids who are scaring King Dedede. We have Escargoon and King Dedede. Well, Escargoon's missing right now, but King Dedede is the one getting haunted. And then you have, like, the responsible adult group. So you got the parents, Tiff, and Meta Knight. So there's a responsible group, and they hear King Dedede screaming, and we cut to them. And they're, they're trying to find King Didi because, of course, he's getting haunted. He's, like, trying to see what's going on. And Tsareepra makes another amazing joke, and that is, the king sounds like he's as frightened as a tree at a termite party. So many dumb lies, I love it. So, King Didi screams some more, and they run towards the screaming, and we cut back to King Didi, and apparently he's been captured. He's chained to a table, like, straight up multiple chains on his body, and he's stuck there, and he's screaming. He's like, oh my god, what the heck's going on here? So, apparently, at some point, King Didi got Knocked unconscious or something, and they strapped him in. So we see up above where King Diddy is, and the kids are up there. And Tuff gives Kirby the thumbs up, and we see Kirby happily run off. And like, okay, what's he gonna do? And then we see what he does. A pendulum comes down from the ceiling and starts swinging at King Diddy, and it looks very sharp. And it's barely not hitting him. To the point that King Diddy at one point starts sucking his stomach in to not get hit by the pendulum. And he is freaking out even more. Understandably so, of course, but he is just freaking out. He's screaming, he's really scared, he starts just repenting for all the bad things he's done, and just screams over and over. He's just so freaked out. So, good job by Ted Lewis there. He's just constantly just so freaked out, and he's like, oh my god. And then Tuff gives the thumbs up to Follo, and Follow pushes a fake wooden wall that's painted look like bricks onto King Didi. He just falls down, just breaks on him, and King Didi's even more freaked out. And then... More happens. That's right. Even more happens. Two skeleton puppets pop up next to King Diddity, and they start dancing in front of him. to start freaking him out some more. He's just screaming even more and more and more. And then the three ghosts show back up and they're floating around and they're freaking him out. And by this point, still, if I counted correctly, King Diddity has been flipping out so many times. He's had 20 freakouts at this point and he passes out with a face frozen in fear. They did it. They scared him so much, he got knocked out. So the kid stops since they knocked him out with, with all the scares, and then Escargoon is heard laughing in the distance. And then he comes out of the shadows with a bag of candy. There's the plot twist. It was all planned by Escargoon. You don't really get a clue to this happening until you see the three ghosts show up, and it's pretty obvious it's Kirby and the Fofa kids. And that gets revealed within that minute as well. So that's not to big a surprise, because you probably kind of caught that. But then the surprise is Escargoon showing up, You're like, oh wait, it was his plot? It wasn't the kids just playing pranks? Nope, Escargoon shows up. And so I'll give you the English title, and that is Escargoon Squad. So a real, just really gives the twist away. And then we see the kids enjoying lollipops and it's super cute, of course. But then the responsible adult group shows up and sees what's going on. So everyone wants an explanation Escargoon gives it. So King Dedede has been taking advantage of the fact that Escargoon is very easily scared, and he's been running pranks on him over and over and over again. To the point that Escargoon is starting to lose his mind. And we see some examples. We see him, he locked Escargoon in the bathroom and turned off the lights. Like, he put a a thing to stop the door so Escargoon can't get out, so he's just stuck in there, which is pretty mean. He keeps doing jump scares, like jumping around a corner at him, stuff like that. We see him in the library jump scare Escargoon to the point he says he scared the Dewey Decimal out of him, which I don't even know if kids know what that is anymore. And so he just keeps scaring him over and over again. Escargoon is at his wits end at this point. Something important to note is in the Japanese version, uh, they did cut one out. They cut out one of the scares, and there's guesses as to why. And that is, King Dedede dressed up as a clown with a chainsaw. So yeah, that is pretty scary. And so Escargoon's just been getting abused pretty badly by King Dedede lately, and so this was his revenge. And about the chainsaw thing, you can get why, like, in Wispy Woods, the chainsaw got edited into a laser chainsaw, so that would cost money to, add, to edit. And also, just, it's probably just cheaper to just cut that scene instead of having someone draw over that. So that's probably what happened there. Because they can't have kids wanting to play with chainsaws, I guess. They wouldn't be able to lift one. Chainsaws are not very small. After all of that, after explaining why he did it, he explains how he did it. And we get to see it. He doctored the photo. He paid off the fortune teller. He paid the kids with candy to help him. He sabotaged the drawbridge. He did all these things. Everything was planned by S. Goon. So the parents scold tough, but he's like, So what? King Deity does all this crap to us all the time. He scares us, he gives us trouble, he's always trying to kill Kirby. So why not give him some comeuppance, right? And then Tiff makes a joke about it, about King Deity, how bad things happen to bad kings, and everyone has a laugh. But then King Deity wakes up, but he apologizes to Escargoon. Everyone's surprised by this. In the end, he asks his little buddy, though, to unlock him so he can give him a hug, and Escargoon is overcome with feelings and frees him. And then King Deity calls him a chump, and breaks from his chains and chases after Escargoon and the kids. And so Escargoon is freaking out because he's running for his life. Tuff is running for his life. The Fofa kids are freaking out because they're running for life. But Kirby is happily running. He's just like, I'm just having fun with my friends. He's just running with, his, with them, running for his life. But he, I don't think he understands that. And he's just running happily because everyone else is running. Kirby's just having fun this whole episode. It's, it's a real joy. So then there's this chasing happening, and then the kids round a corner, and then out of the corner comes a ghost, the one we saw in the first half of this episode, and starts rushing King Dedede. But King Dedede thinks it's Kirby, so he charges the ghost. But then the ghost goes right through him. Now everybody's scared, because King Dedede notices Escargoon and the kids are in front of him. Their eyes are bulging in fear. They're freaked out. He's like, what the heck? They're all right there. They're not dressed up as ghosts. The responsible adults are right next to him. Tiff, Meta Knight, uh, Cerebrum, and Lady Ladylike. They're right next to him. They're confused as well. And then King Dedede turns around because he realizes it's a real ghost. And the ghost actually calls out his name saying, King Dedede? He's like, oh no, oh no. And so he runs and the ghost starts yelling, pay what you owe. Pay what you owe. And he's just so scared. He's just freaking out. He's like, okay, okay, okay. He goes to his vault and he opens up his vault while it's yelling, pay what you know, pay what you know. And then he just starts throwing sacks of money out of his vault. And he's got tons of sacks of money. It's m- ridiculous. And then Ghost grabs one and says thank you and flies off. By the way, holy crap, King Dedede's rich. Like, he must be taxing the cappies heavily. Like, there's a reason why their town is just so small. It's because they can't afford to develop because they're just getting taxed so dang bad, apparently. So everyone but King Dedede, because he's freaking out in the vault, follow the Ghost. And they see the Ghost go into the throne room and the ghost teleports away, and we learn why. It was an agent of Nightmare Enterprises, and this was their way of getting their money. So another plot twist. On top of everything that happened, there was also a real ghost there taking advantage of the situation for Nightmare Enterprises to get their money. This shows that Nightmare Enterprises has an amazing spy group or something, because just like in the last episode, like episode 11, they used knowledge about Chef Kawasaki and his master to try to get the chef to kill Kirby. This time, they piggybacked on Escargoon's ghost plot, and inserted their own ghost agent in there to get their money. And if you watch the episode, you'll see that Kirby uh, was in the flashback as the one who scared Tiff, and also Kirby is the ghost they used to doctor the photo. But in both instances, we saw Nightmare Enterprise's ghost instead, meaning that the ghost was doing sabotages on top of Escargoons to implant itself into the plot. And that is just some ridiculous subterfuge. It's like, holy crap. That is ridiculous. So after all of this... Tub says, wow, Escargoon's tricks cost King Dedede a lot of money. And Escargoon's like, like, so what? That's how life is. You got to pay for everything, kid. And then King Dedede shows him and says, yeah, that's right. You do have to pay for everything. And he jump attacks Escargoon with his hammer in the air. And we get a freeze frame of this because it's the last shot of the episode. And everyone's there. It's like, oh, shoot. They get out of the way. Escargoon's running for his life again. Uh, the Fofo kids are also running for their life. And King is just in the air. He's, he's going after Escargoon. But at the last second, we see the hammer fall? And it falls where Kirby is, and Kirby happily jumps out of the way. It's a very, very cute shot. Now, in the Japanese version, uh, despite getting used by Nutman Enterprises, Escargoon got what he wanted. He wanted to scare King Dedede really bad, and so he did. So he gets his win. So Escargoon's like, I win anyway. And then King just like, okay, you win, but now you're going to pay for it. And he goes after them in the Japanese version like that. So that is the end of the episode, but let's talk about Kirby for a minute. Think about what's going on in his head. He's with his friends, and they're dressing up, and they're scaring King Dedede, and that's fun. Then they're basically torturing the Penguin, and he's happily enjoying that, too. King, like, wow, like, the pendulum. Like, Kirby doesn't understand, I guess, or he does understand how scary that's gotta be. And then they drop a wall on him, and they do the ghost thing and all that stuff. And then they just knock him out with, with fear. Like, holy crap. And then when King Dedede's chasing them angrily, Kirby's also happily running away at that point, too. He's just a happy little boy in this episode. And then again, when King Diddy goes after Escargoon and tries to crush Kirby instead, Kirby's just happily dodging there, too. The little boy just has fun the whole episode. I guess it's just like a big game to him. This episode's just one big game, and it was just fun to see it. It was just so joyful seeing Kirby like that. And also seeing King Diddy suffer. That was pretty good as well. So I really had fun watching this episode. It was really good. I liked it a lot. Very good, very happy episode. Very fun. And we did get to see some displays of the world. Kind of some world building if you paid attention to it. We get to see the King is very rich. The Waddles guard the castle. Also, Waddle Dew is also in charge of the drawbridge and things like that. Waddle Dew is the head Waddle. We won't see it yet, but there's only one Waddle Dew, and he's in charge of all the Waddle Dees. And he's like their leader. And so he's in charge of logistics and just taking care of whatever duties need to be done. And then he just sends them to do whatever is done. So he's like the Taskmaster kind of guy. And we also see that Escargoon is capable of doing things on his own and doing plots and everything. Also, there's the dungeon with the skeletons. That's interesting to see. And then Nightmare Enterprise is having, like, really good spies. So a lot of interesting world stuff going on there. And I just really enjoyed the episode a lot, and I can't wait for the next one. And by the way, the next episode is the New Year's episode, and it is pretty dang epic. It is a really good episode when it comes to the visuals and the action. Kirby has a big battle for his life, and he's in a lot of peril in that episode, so... Yeah, prepare for baby beatings for sure there, and it's just good, and I can't wait to talk about that episode next time. Oh yeah, one more thing to mention, and that is, I forgot to mention the ghost's name, it's Yurameshia. So in the Japanese version, it says its name like a Pokemon, I guess, and it tells him to pay the bill, while in the American version, it just says King Dedede's name and tells him to pay what he owes. I like that one better, because without mentioning the bill, you're still not sure what's going on. It could be that he wants him to pay back for whatever bad things he's done. So I think it's just better delivery there. But in the end, that right there is the podcast episode. As always, if you have feedback, let us know on YouTube or on the Twitter. So this has been Kirby's Dreamcast episode 12. I had fun talking, and I hope you had fun uh, watching and and or listening. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time.